G'day trail runners. Welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with Ashley Drew and Daniel Ferugia. Put your headphones on, put your shoes on, and let's go running. Well, I didn't get started, I had to cut it short because I didn't get started till later. It's just starting to get a bit hot. Mm. And I wanted to get back in time for this. But yeah, but um, how are you going? How are you feeling? Mate, I'm feeling really good. Oh, that's um, good. Yeah, so like if, apart from the the shin, mm-hmm. um, everything else feels great. So yeah, I, mm. I went out and tried to walk on it today. Um, and the fact is I could have walked on it. It's nowhere near as painful as it was a couple of days ago. But um, it was just mm. still niggly enough to go, you know, just give it another 24 hours. I'm not going to start losing fitness for sort of 72 hours. So, um, you know, may as well just take another rest day and then I'll go out tomorrow. Yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's smart. Um, yeah, that's um, probably the wisest thing you could do. You, that little sprint you did away from the bad guys was uh probably what did it, eh? When you were, uh, that yeah. that was what snapped me, yeah. Like it yeah. was just you know, the the fact was I was pushing the line just trying to repeat marathon day in, day out. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't going to and I was very much listening to my body and making sure that, you know, if I started to feel a bit wrong that I would drop it um the intensity down a level, mm. and then if I was feeling all right, I'd pick it up a little bit. And yeah, um, on Monday I was actually feeling good. Mm. Like um, I'd actually picked up the pace um, almost to to ten k's an hour. Yep. Um, you know, quite comfortably, and yeah. um, then just going for that sprint, and it was a sprint up a hill, and then a down a hill. Um, it was going down the hill that just went, kink, and I just went, yep, that's that. Like, um, and then yeah. I kept trying it, and then I kept going on it. And of course, you know, I knew I'd injured it, and so you know, I walked it out because I wanted to get that that day finished. But yeah. um, and it was incredibly painful, and and I'm very glad that I got it finished because you know I can say that I did nine in a row, and it's yeah, it's just a pers- it's just a personal achievement, nothing else. I was thinking about your the, your reasons for running, and when I was on my run today, I was thinking, oh, you know, like everyone has their reasons, and you've got reasons, but this is a classic case of, and and if you're anyone with any educational background or psychology background knows, you know, motivation, you've got extrinsic motivation and intrinsic motivation, and extrinsic being a some kind of external reward you know like whether it be a medal or or some kind of prize that you get but your your interest and like as a teacher we're always trying to in foster this idea of intrinsic motivation you know they're doing it for this for the self and that's what you're doing running nine marathons in a row that's how i see what you're doing am i right like do you feel like it's an intrinsic thing for you like you just wanted to yeah know. look I wasn't doing for anything anyone else and I, I honestly I, I haven't even po- I feel guilty about posting it online and why? I haven't I, I just do I don't know why 
Um, you don't it need. Just feels, it just feels like I'm big nighting myself. And yeah. That's I, what you I mean. Just, you know, look, I will put it online, um, but yeah, I, I honestly haven't yet. I like I've I've left Monday. Uh, what was it? No, it must have been Sunday. Was my last marathon, um, and yeah, I've just I've left it off at this point in time. I haven't posted uh, about my running well. since then. Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Um, but yeah, but, like everyone runs for their own reasons, and I don't want it to sound like you know my my pushing it somehow deflates someone else's five k because it doesn't. Exactly. You know, if five k right. is their big run, then look, that's freaking awesome. Um, and, exactly. and that's how I want it to, and that's how I want it to be, which is kind of so it makes me kind of feel guilty about posting about the fact that I've been able to run three hundred k in a week. Um, but you might yeah, get it's people. Just a weird one. But you might get people who go, "Oh, that guy's just a show off." You, but you, I guarantee you'll get more people going. That guy is fucking amazing. I guarantee it. So even, and so I would say post it, but post it with humility, you know, because you are a humble guy and people, that goes a lot further, you know, just, um, or, you know, a bit of self-deprecating humor. That's, I think runners do that quite well. Um, you know, I'm a madman. I went out and ran nine marathons in a row, (laughs) but, um, you know, we, and because we are mad and, and you can't, and, when, and it's funny when you have a little, when I have a little break from running or whatever, that's when I start questioning why I even bother running. Because I'm like, why am I even doing this sport? It's, it's so weird, isn't it? Um, but when you're in it, it makes perfect sense. When you're running and running and running, it's like, this is fantastic. Everything's working. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's a, a strange sport, but I think. It is um, a strange sport. Um, yeah. Look, at the end of the day, Mentally, I hadn't had enough. Yeah. Um, physically, obviously, you know, I snapped myself, and, and that was due to – and it was honestly due to circumstances outside of my control as such. Um, I certainly wasn't going to hang out and get beaten up. So, yes. uh, so you know, getting away you, from a situation was a good idea. Can you explain <laughs> that again? Yeah. What, so, hap- what happened? So, look, I was just – I was literally running laps – around my local block. Um, and about 20 minutes early, it takes me about eight minutes to do a lap. And about 20 minutes earlier, I'd seen these three younger guys, um, but they were wearing full face masks and they had hoodies on. And this is, and it's hot. Like I'm running in a, I'm running in a pair of shorts and it is two o'clock in the morning. So, but I'm running in a pair of shorts um, a hat, and that's pre- and you know shoes. That's it, because um, it's just so stinking hot. And these guys were in full clothing, including gloves. And I went, oh, that's a bit weird, but you know maybe they've just had a wild night. They're going home, and um, I've run past them. And then the next time I've seen them, well, actually, I'd run another lap, and I went, well, that's really weird that there's a garage door open on a house at this time of day and there's no cars inside the garage. Um, and I've come around a second time and this second time, those guys are exiting that house. 
And then as yep. soon as they've seen me, they've run. And, of course, they've run out the driveway, and I'm running up the road. So I've just gone, holy shit, I'm about to get chased and yeah, um, something's wrong. I mean, they've, they've got full face masks on and stuff. And so, That's yeah, scary. basically, they, yeah. Were, they had broken into that house, as far as I could tell. Uh, I could be wrong there. So, But as far as I could tell, they had broken into that house. And... Um, so yeah, so I ran and and got out my phone and and called the police. Um, and so at that point in time, I'd run up a hill and then I was running down a hill. Um, and in my conscious thoughts, I ran away from my house where I yes. lived towards it because I didn't want them to, to track down lived. where I. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Um, and yeah, so and it was going down the hill. My foot just went tink, and and it was suddenly I was. You know how you run, hop, run, hop, because it sort of put your foot down? Yeah, um, but you had the, probably had the adrenaline going. But I had the adrenaline going, and, you know, then the cops have said, well, where are you? And I've gone, oh, God, I don't know the name of the street that I'm on now. And so then I've had to walk back to a street corner and, and inform have, the police, et cetera. Did you have your phone so, with you? Yeah, I did have my phone with me. Yeah. I, of course so, you did, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I was talking to them on mobile and uh, talking to the police and then I had to describe where the house was and, and all that sort of stuff. And um, then I made my way home and and um, jumped in the shower because I wasn't about to hang out on the streets after that. Yeah. Um, and it was a weird night because I'd had a guy also d- drive past me in a in a car a couple of times and just look at me. And it was just yeah. like... Yeah, that's just a little bit weird as well. So um, it was just a weird run. It, it, yeah, it's um, it's dangerous, isn't it? Like, um, it, it literally it had become dangerous, and I yeah. I've always felt completely safe running at that time of day. Um, and Do you only think that? Lit- Sorry, go. Uh, it's only in the last week that I've had a couple of incidences where I've gone, hey, it's not safe running at this time of day. Um, so yeah, it's just weird. Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny that like we take as, as men, um, we take it for granted a little bit, don't we? How, um, how safe we are, you know, like, and you know, you can imagine a woman doing what you were doing, running late at night, you know, and sort of people would go, Oh, it's the woman's fault. She asked for it. You know, like it's that whole, I, I mean, I'm getting into a different sort of discussion, but it's yeah. sort of like, we are lucky. And I, I, I mean, it is that whole male privilege thing is, is real, you know, like, so yeah, I don't know. Just got to be careful. Yeah. Look, I, I totally agree with you. And, and that whole, that whole thing with women not being able to feel safe. I mean, just the fact that we talk about it like that just is horrifying to me that, mm no one can be safe out, you know, at night. Um, it just seems crazy. It, it's really, uh, uh, it's just, yeah. I, I just don't like, I don't like it. I don't like what it says about society. Um, I yeah. think everyone should feel completely safe. So, yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but, um, you know. yeah. So, um, just going back, so I'm glad you're safe, and I'm hopefully those guys got caught or whatever, um, you know, and that that no one they didn't actually steal anything. Um, tell us a bit more about your your marathon runs that you've done in the last 
well, what are we, we're on the today's the eleventh of Feb, um, and so February, when you started running a marathon, marathon on the first day of this month. I so did. Can, yes. Let's, let's let's go go over it and have a and maybe recap it a little bit. So, um, so day one was all right. That felt completely fine, um, as far as doing a marathon and, and I did uh, the, the local park run is a 2.5k course uh, yep. repeated twice and yep. so I just I just repeated that 17 times um, as you do yep as you do including including doing it part of it as the park run um, so uh, yeah so that so that was good the only thing I didn't really like it's a hard course apparently it's one of the top 10 most difficult park runs in Australia. I don't know how many park runs there are in Australia, but it's certainly got some climbing in it. And over that, um, over the 42Ks, according to Garmin, it had um, some 700-odd metres of climbing. So it's obviously got that in descent as well. Uh, so, yeah, so that's, that was pretty good. And then the next day... Uh, I honestly can't... Re- oh, I know what I did the next day. So the next day I ran um, uh, a 5K loop a few times and then I ran over to meet up with a group at 5am to run with them. Yep. And um, the Nancys, they're called, and, and there's some very fast runners in that group. There's a, you know, a sub sub-230 marathon runners, et cetera, in that group. So I, I got dropped pretty quick. Uh, I then I moved to the back of the group, and I ran with them for a bit. And then I just needed more water than uh, I was carrying. And so I stopped at a tap, and I never caught back up. Right. So then I, I just finished off um, that run pretty much by myself. Like I followed where they were going to go, and then I just ran home. Uh, and finished off that marathon, and that felt all right too. Like I backed up comfortable. I wasn't sore. Um, I had a couple of little niggles, etc. Day three. Now that was a different matter. Day three hurt. Day three was definitely the hardest. Um, so you know, like in training, we always say for ultra runners, you know, to do back to back long runs. That's that's how you get fitter, or you know, um, without overloading. Well, I can, if you do back to back to back, then it really mm. starts to hurt. Yeah. And I note that in the multi-day races, that's where they have a lighter day usually. They go back to back and then have a lighter day, then have a big day. And it's, yeah. kind, of, it's kind of funny because day four was way easier than day one. Yeah. Um, do you it think it's your, felt, bo- your, your body's adapting? I don't know whether your body's adapting or your mind is. Um mm. So, but there was definitely adaptation going on, and it definitely got a lot more comfortable. So day, you know, like day three, definitely. If, if I wasn't determined to to, to finish, yeah, you would have pulled out. You know, like it was it was really uncomfortable. But yeah, day right. four again was back to feeling pretty nice, and then it just kind of started to flow from there. Just one day just went into the next. Um, yeah, and. If anything, I was going, hang on a second, you just need to back off a bit. You need to back off a bit. Um, as in slow down? As in slow down, because this just isn't going to continue. Like, that's how it started to feel, because it started to feel good. Um, yeah. It gets long, 
and you know, I started to play games and you know with my with myself um running from tree to tree like just just stuff to take the boredom away really yeah. um one of the days I ran a 500 meter loop eighty times wow um, yeah so that that was pretty interesting and that was in with five hours of rain like I ran it in five hours of rain 80 times around this loop um, and in between in the middle of it I celebrated by running a different loop at the 21k mark nice so just you know something weird to do is that the one you ran around the netball courts yeah yeah and, yeah. and there's that fantastic photo of you you put on Strava which I've shared to the Facebook page the podcast Facebook page um, you're laying down in the on the netball court after did you see that yep. is that the one yeah yeah, that yeah that's the great, one so great at, photo. at one stage there like those netball courts seriously had four inches of water because yeah, we just wow. had full-on torrential rain you couldn't see from one court to the next uh, yeah it was quite it's quite amazing because uh i had a mate show up um i think i was about 30 k's in just to, just to help me get through the the last k's because i thought i needed it at the time I think he lasted five k's. I mean, I'm not doing this, and I'm pulling out. And so he went and and lay in the bus shelter, um, or the sheltered area, on the concrete. You know, got a towel, dried himself off, and just watched me go round and round. And then um, another guy, Tom, who'd been out for an 11k run, um, then just came and ran with me for the last couple of k's because he'd he'd literally parked, and I was running loops. He'd gone off and done his run and said, you know, you're still doing your run. What are you doing? Yeah. And uh, I explained what I was doing and he was like, whoa. So he won the park run on the Saturday after that. Um, yeah, right. Pretty, he's pretty blinking fast. I think he, he, he won it in like 16 or 17 minutes. Um, very quick. Yeah. yeah. But he wasn't keen to do any running with you after the, no, with the rain. No. Yeah. Uh, well, no, no, he'd done he'd he'd run an eleven k run himself, and then he was just doing the final two with me. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So so then it, uh, the, the next day again, I did park run again. I did exactly the same thing, but this day my daughter had told me the day before I want to come and do park run with your dad. So I I left extra early. Oh, good. Um. And and pretty much finished park run. Or finished the the marathon apart from the final five k, and then yeah. drove pick up picked up my daughter and then did the final bit with her. Um, nice. So that was yeah. really good. And and then yeah, it was Sunday where I was like, right, I don't want to go far from home today. I just want to do my local loop. And yeah, that was that. So the the crazy things that I ran into over that time in the wee hours of the morning were. Um, like the first three days were really hot uh, yep. and humid, yeah. And then and then the rain started after that. And in those first three days, there was nothing particularly interesting happening. I think on the Saturday night, I ran into a drunk cowboy, and I say drunk cowboy because the guy had a cowboy hat on. He was yep. wandering all over the path. Told me that I should still be in bed, and he was wearing um, riding chaps. So wow. he'd obviously had a very good night. Yeah. Um, and was, I'm guessing, trying to find his way home. And then yeah. another night I ran into four youths who decided to, you know, have a chat to me at the top of their lungs, but I just kept running. Um, yeah. And then there was one place that I ran past 
uh, where there was just frogs just going nuts. And I'm seriously, I'm going to use that as the intro to my um, podcast, or maybe I'll, I'll send the, the audio to you. Those yeah. frogs were just oh, you did going off. Yeah, I heard yeah. it. Yeah, so yeah, uh, so I've never I've never heard the frogs in this area that loud before. Cool. Um, and I always see fruit bats and stuff when I'm out running in the early hours of the morning, but I haven't seen so many insectivore bats. But uh, a couple of nights, yeah, a bit of, because I'd been going out earlier than I normally would, um, I got to see a lot more insectivore bats, which was right. really cool. Yep. Yeah, so that's probably kind of the, the weird and wonderful highlights. So, wow. And um, overall, your body feels okay, though. But I feel great. Yeah, oh, that's good. Like, I feel much stronger. Yeah, um, now that you've... Been, which is yeah. just... It's not what I expected. Yeah. I really expected the reverse to be happening. Um, I really expected to be breaking down. And, you know, if it wasn't for that that acute injury from having to run fast, or at least thinking I had to run fast... Um, yeah you know, the adrenaline rush, et cetera, of what was going on. Yeah, I, I honestly think that I could have kept kept going. So having said that, I wasn't sad to stop either. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was happy. I went, oh, yeah, that's nine. I've finished. And I was very happy yeah. to get that day finished. It was a very uncomfortable final sort of 7K. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like the next day I was like, yep, I'm I'm good, like, I've satisfied my you, you want that. to do what I was trying to do for myself. So yeah, you scratched yeah. that itch. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um, you know, you're. Um, look, what are you going to do with this fitness now? Just keep going. I well, I'm, yeah. Um, I think it was an excellent block of training. I really yeah. do. I um, I don't think it like. I've always, I always want to test myself, and I'm always trying to test myself, figure out what, where the breaking points are, and I think that a seven day block of that is, mm. for me personally, I don't, I'm not about to advocate this for anyone else, but for me personally, that seven day block with the build up that I'd had to it, I believe is advantageous. Now I could be wrong in another three or four weeks if I get sick or something, but. Um, and, and I'll cop that on the chin at that point in time. But right now, it feels like that was a good thing to do. Yeah. And I would honestly think about repeating it. Maybe not exactly the same. I might do like a marathon, a half marathon, a marathon, a half marathon as a different way of breaking it up. Um, but I do think I'm stronger for having done that big block. And so, you know, that big block, let's say someone only runs 30Ks a week, they might just do, in a six-month of training, if they if they average 30Ks a week, they might do a one 100K week. Um, and that might be really advantageous to the rest of their, you know, for the next six months of their training and, and really step them up a level. It feels like, right now, it feels like that's what it's done for me. I cannot yeah. honestly say that that is the case. No, um, you would have. Well, you, you, your VO two max has gone up. You, you, yeah, you definitely would. The the key is, and if it wasn't for that little sprint that you did and you hurt yourself a bit, you would be in great condition. And it just goes to show that we are can we can cope 
we can cope with with like you weren't doing any intensity. But I guarantee if you tapered for a week, you could probably go out and run a really fast five k if you had to. You know what I mean? Like yeah, uh, you you your your endurance your your endurance is better. Your aerobic capacity is better. Everything's better. You know, and this is it's a perfect example of low and slow. Like you just did lots and lots of low and slow. So yeah, um, it definitely did. Yeah, and, and so, 21Ks now honestly feels like a walk in the park. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, it doesn't so, feel uncomfortable at all. It's a bit of an experiment, isn't it, mate? Like, <laughs> so, Pretty much. Yeah. It's, um, no, it's, I'll be interested to see. Or you could also, I can just see you running a 100K race and smashing it. I mean, you've got other options on the table. And so I guess... You've got, it's like you've banked all this cash. I just hope your ankle feels okay. You've got all this money in the bank now. And um, if you want to do something with it, you can. Or you just can keep running marathons and just see what, you, see what happens. Yeah, I, like I don't have any um, planned races between now and June, I think. It's kind of the next race I'd like to do. So, yeah, I might just do something and see what happens. Um if for some reason, you know, like they open up all of the trails for Cedar Snowy, it might give me a chance to go do that, but I really don't think that's going to happen until after winter. Yeah, yeah. this is frustrating, I, think, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think, um, you know, government services, et cetera, will have caught up on fixing mainstream roads, let alone fixing back trails. So, um, yeah, I think that's a while away. Um, yeah, so just, just see. Yeah. Um, no, just see, yeah. But, um, did you want to talk about, um, our guest that we interviewed? Yeah, Andre. Andre, that's right. Yeah, so no, it's good. Cause I, I thought we'll, um, we'll put that on with this episode. And, yeah. um, yeah, it was a good chat well, with Andre. Andre was an amazing wealth of knowledge, actually. He was, um, yeah, he really was. Andre Leboy. Yeah, and it's, it, honestly, like you, you chat to people on podcasts and sometimes you feel like you've known that person your entire life. And other times it feels a little harder. Yeah, um, no, he was easy. Was, Andre was really easy. Seriously, it was like I have coffee with him every day of the week. I'd never, you know, spoken yeah. to the guy before I, or even heard of him before you said, oh, we're having a chat with this guy today. And it's just, yeah, he was brilliant. Yeah, he's um, a gun runner too. I think, he, like, he, you know, he's going on about how he's old. And I don't want to spoil the podcast for anyone, but, you know, he's 35. We're both older than him. <laughs> but um, he was definitely, in his track days, I think a very fast runner, you know. So, so like, um, I think he mentioned something about he's a 16-minute 16, 16 or even better, no, better than 16-minute 5K, something quick. Anyway. It was but it, quick. Yeah. It was but he, really and quick. And I'm, I'm sure he would have no trouble getting some speed back. You know, 35 is not old. And um, I – so, yeah, Andre Leboy, just as a bit of an intro, he's the um, he's the head of product at V.02, which is a coaching – um, platform or cal on like it's the digital coaching platform that I use to um, for coaching my clients, and it's relatively new 
and it's based around um, <clears throat> sort of the, the coaching philosophy of the famous American coach, Jack Daniels, um, not the whiskey, but the actual coach. And if you don't know who Jack Daniels is, I strongly recommend you, uh, people should Google him. And, you know, so many, so much of what people do now is based around guys like Jack Daniels and like Arthur Lydiard. You know, so, they've informed so much of the coaching and running and training that people do now. And so, yeah, and so Andre... I, I'd say between Daniels, Lydiard and Yasso... Yeah. Um, they probably put together a good... The majority of, of marathon-based and half-marathon-based running programs are based on those three guys' research. Absolutely, yeah. <clears throat> it's, um, I, heard a, I heard a really... I actually, the Strength Running podcast that's hosted by a guy named Jason Fitzgerald did a great podcast with Bart Yasso. And um, so that's worth a listen if anyone. That's a that's a pretty decent podcast as well, American one. But um, yeah. So but back to um, yeah, Andre. So this incredible app that, or it's not just an app. It's a you know it's software that um we've designed, and I use it now. And you have a training calendar, and I I communicate with all my clients through it, and I and anyway. So a lot of people, it's not as big as some of the ones that are out there, like uh, Training Peaks. But I definitely can see it becoming more popular in the, in the next year or so because um, it's a lot more simplistic, and that's what I like about it. But it's still really good, you know, very easy to organise. And, um, yeah, definitely good for coaches, good for athletes. And I'm obviously, I'm, I mean, they don't pay me. I pay them to use the product. But um, I, if I find a good product, I bloody will am happy to talk about it. And yeah, and so Andre was um, gave us a fair bit of his time, and then of course we had a, like this always happens. As soon as we stopped recording, we had we went on and had another awesome conversation, which we should yeah, have recorded. Yeah, we did. We had a great chat after we stopped recording. We should have recorded that bit. That's for sure. Yeah, I think once we hit, we stopped recording, people kind of relax even more, and yeah. um, and and then but no, it was good. But I I do think um, that we'll hear more from. Andre in the uh, in the near future and actually he sent me an email um, regarding with some stats about VDOT he wanted he asked me to include it in the podcast if I could and I'm just would um, I'll just bring that up on my email right now but just about the usage numbers so in in America they're on their platform they have I think worldwide they have about 13,000 people using the VDOT platform, he said. And um, on um, on the – yeah, so I hear you. I'm just pulling it up. So the, in, in Australia, the, the run, Aussie runners that use it, like we have two, only 250 Australians using the VDOT calendar. And so um, so that's pretty small. So I'm glad that I use it. And so there's only a handful of coaches. I know Isabel Ross uses it. Um, I sort of convinced her to use it. So it's a good one. So, yeah, but have a listen to the um, podcast. Can you hear the plane going over? It's an aeroplane. Uh, wow, very low. <laughs> yeah, it's um, a military military plane. It's flying over at about 200 feet. Wow. Um, 
but yeah. So anyway, but so tomorrow are you going to run again? Uh, look, I'm going to walk tomorrow. Uh, How if, far? If I feel good, if I feel good walking, then I'll um, I'll try running. Nice. Yeah. So uh, well, today I was going to go out for a five k walk, and mm-hmm. at, at a couple of hundred meters I went. You know, at the at the end of my, just as I'm towing off. Like and this is just walking, not running. But just as I'm tying off, I go, oh, there's just there's a bit too much of a pinch there, and um, I went, no, nah, it's it's worth just taking that little bit of extra time. Yeah, oh, that's smart. Yeah, but would you will you do a marathon if you can? Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, I, so, I'd want to. I think I'd take a few days to build back up to that. Plus, I'm due to have treatment, cancer treatment on Thursday. So. Yeah. That'll that'll definitely knock me around. Like, it takes quite a bit to recover from that. And if I try to overload a marathon on top of that, I'd hate to think of what would happen. If I was feeling all right, like, running into that, I might try it. But, yeah, I'm just a bit wary. No, smart, smart. Um, All right. No, that's excellent. I, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how you recover. I, I think um, you can do big things, man. And so, as far as my training goes, nothing much to, special to report. As I no, said, no, well, you've been you, feeling a little bit ill, so yeah, I had you know, a. Um, you, you, you did have a good run the other day. Yeah, on Sunday I managed. I finally, I've still got this lingering little cold, and it's not. I don't feel as bad though. I've had a lot of headaches and a bit of a fever through the week, um, and I um, it just made it really hard for me to get out and I just didn't feel right. And I just thought, you know what? I need to rest. And, um, and it, it, it helped. And then on Sun, so Sunday morning, got up and did a nice, uh, long 30 K, a bit of trail, a bit of road, really enjoyed it. I got up early in the morning. It was a full moon and I, and we sent each other a couple of messages and that was the morning that you had the, um, that you're running with the, the criminals. And, yep. um, but, but yeah, I felt really encouraged by my run because I felt good throughout. Like I maintained a pretty solid, I wasn't trying, but I felt my legs didn't feel tired at all. And so I felt like I could have run a lot more. And so, yeah. And then I'm back at the, like I started back at the gym last week. And so I've had another gym session yesterday and I just finished a pretty solid workout um, just before we did this podcast. And so things are starting to feel good. Like I'm feeling strong and um, still coughing up some nice green boogers, which is lovely. But but uh, overall, I think it's all shifting. And so, um, you know, it's, uh, I'm excited. Um, so what my basic, I'll give you a very quick overview. Got the 100 miler coming up in early May. And so I'm, what I'm doing is really putting in a bit of speed work early on. Um, yep. Some real high quality speed work. As I'm, but then I'm going to knock the speed work back a little bit as I increase the mileage. And, um, and so I do want to do more mileage this time. So more longer runs, probably up over around 50 kilometers. Um, and get really used to just because the, the race I'm doing is not overly hilly, but it is quite technical. Um, the Hubert 100 and is, I know, like I said, I know lots of the course, but I just don't know. There's like about a 20 to 30k section that I'm not aware of. I don't know very well, but other than that, I know it really well. And um, I think um, 
yeah, so I'm just trying to, I want to be able to run reasonably fast on those flatter sections of the course and, um, yeah, and just enjoy it. I want to my, hopefully make the best out of my first 100-mile effort and build on all this great uh, fitness that I've got from the 100K races. So, you know, so, yeah, it's exciting. I'm very excited. A bit, I'm a bit nervous, to be honest, about running 100 miles. So, yeah. Look, you know? I think if you weren't a bit nervous, there'd be something a bit wrong. Yeah, that's right. I, I've said that before, and um, no, it's, you've got to you've got to respect the distance, whether it's a half marathon or a hundred miles. You know, like it, you can a lot can go wrong. <laughs> so, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. No, man, I, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for it, and I'm I'm pumped. So you know, lots of exciting performances. Every weekend, you, there's some some big event on, and I get excited about. Like they just had Tarawera race in New Zealand, and I was looking yep. at that, and a few friends did that, and I think um, that Vlad Shatrov destroyed the course record in the hundred mile. You know, ran like under sixteen hours, which is pretty fast. It's just crazy, <laughs> isn't it? It's so good, and like there's a video of him finishing the race. And he just looks so strong when he comes across the line. Like I know everyone does a bit of a sprint finish, but he just he just did not look fatigued. There was this he had this strength about him that was just so amazing. And I was like, man, guy's a beast. So it was it was kind of inspiring to see, you know, you know he didn't look he didn't have the the haggard sprint like that a lot of ultra runners yeah. get at the end. He had the yeah. He's just finished like a, a 1K rep, you know, yeah. like, yeah, and just charged across the line. And, and then he turned around and ran back up and was high-fiving people. And so, you know, it's bloody crazy. The sport is just insane, you know. Once upon it a is time. insane. Yeah. It's, yeah. The, the bar just keeps getting lifted. And, um, but, yeah, so, you know, yeah, it's, it's exciting times, mate. It's exciting yeah. times. Yeah. Mate, what what spins me? I mean, the, the pros are great, and they they they're really knocking the times off, et cetera. And people are are figuring mm-hmm. out that you know, hundred miles might actually be their speciality rather than a marathon. Um, yeah. But it always blows me away, you know, the mums and dads and and not mums and dads, you know, the, the people who are just middle and the back of the packers who yeah. have just decided. On my bucket list, I am going to go out and run 100 k's. And so, you know, they put together a program, and they they learn the sport, and then they they go out and they fail a couple of times, and they don't give up, and they come back, and they take pretty much the entire a lot of time, and you know, they, they knock it off their list. Those guys are just awesome. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah, doing it. Oh, look, the, we don't all have the luxury of being like a an elite athlete who can just focus on training, you know, like the people who have to balance all these things in life, you know, that's the, that stuff's impressive. Um, yeah, it, it's so good. And I probably, I feel terrible because I haven't got it in front of me, but the first, the, I, this is worth mentioning, the first woman in the 100 miler at Tarawera, she finished on the overall post. She was third overall. She, wow. She, yeah. She so beat she the light. Ben Duffus. I think so, yeah. She was in front of, like, Brendan Davies and, like, just, oh, gosh, I'm terrible. I I apologise for not having the results right in front of me, but um, she is, it just goes to show that this is, 
the long the the playing field um is it gets more and more level the further into um races we go. Like the the longer a race, it's becoming more and more common um that a woman will be right up there. If not winning the whole thing, they'll be in the top three. So um and it's it's fantastic. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a truly level playing field in that regard. Um yeah. But um yeah, I'll I'll add a I might add a, a note to this uh podcast because I feel bad for not knowing her name. Um <clears throat> so yeah. But no. Anyway, I guess there's there's only one thing left to do, isn't there? And that's um Let's probably move on to the podcast. Move on the to the the interview with Andre LeBoy. So um yeah, good luck with your training, mate. I hope you recover. Same to you. Well, I hope you're yes. over your, your bug. I mean, it's a pretty common thing after you've done a big race to yeah a few weeks because you catch a, a, a bogey, especially after you've travelled to an event and you have to sit back in a plane and travel again. Yeah. Um, no, he's right. So, yeah. So I think you actually, you're coming along really well. Cheers, mate. No, I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm definitely feeling motivated. It's just, um, yeah, getting, letting the body do its thing. But, um, yeah, mate. All right. We'll, uh, end it up, end it there and, uh, say hello to our friend Andre LeBoy. Hello, trail runners. Welcome to the trail runners experience. I'm joined today by my crazy co-host, Ashley Drew. And how are you, Ashley? Look, I, I am well. I am surprisingly better than I expected at this point in my running week. Yeah. So, You've had, Ashley's yes. had a rather, a rather a big running week and it's only, we're only up to Thursday. And so uh, just very, very quickly, Ashley, how, what, how many kilometres have you run each day for the listeners? Uh, so officially in the last seven days, I've run 268 kilometres. Okay. So it's a long way. So I, per, I for one would be, would be, uh, asleep right now, but Ashley, you know, he, um, he has no off switch, apparently, and so amazing. And we are also joined today, and we're going to talk more about Ashley's craziness, um, but we are joined today all the way from from the United States, um, Andre LeBoy, in, who joins us from Brooklyn, New York, and Andre is the uh, is in, heavily involved, and I've already forgotten the title, but he's heavily involved with V.02, and if you don't know what V.02 is... You're about to find out. Many of the people that I coach do know what it is, and so you're going to learn more about it right now. Welcome, Andre. Now, Andre, it was the head of product something or other, wasn't it? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, uh, but like I said, I do I do a lot of things as well. I'm, I'm the help desk guy too, so when someone has a problem, I'm the one uh, responding to it at this point. Yeah. It's, um, you have to – there's a term we use. I don't know if you use the term um, – in the states, but you you'd be like the chief cook and bottle washer. That's sort of like okay. if you're in a rest- there you yeah, go. you do yeah. everything a bit of everything. The, ja- jack, of the jack of all trades. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But no, fantastic. So, um, Andre, just very quickly, can you tell us? Um, maybe we might get a little intro about firstly who you are, and as you a bit more embellish on what you just talked about, and then um, maybe tell us what V dot O two is, and then um, we'll go from there. Yeah, so um, so I grew up actually in Connecticut. You mentioned that earlier, and I was um, you know a high school uh, you know runner. I, how I got into running in the first place, it's I think like everyone's 
kind of introduction is like a little strange. It seems kind of like, you know, you can't even really put, put your finger on exactly how it started. But I did have an older brother who was a very fast runner. He was like the, he was like the fast kid, you know, in class. And I was yeah. like not the fast, fast kid, right? I wasn't like the slow kid, but I wasn't the fast kid either. And running was always kind of his thing. Um, and, you know, but the high school coaches, uh, I think one thing that's different maybe between the United States and Australia is we have a, a less of like a club system. And a lot of the athletics is more centered around your school. So if you've ever seen like movies about high school football teams and stuff like that, yeah. it's like, um, you know, so, so I was on the, you know, I, the high school coaches knew that the, the fast kid had a younger brother. And right. So the idea yeah. was get, get the fast, get the fast kid, you know, um, get fast kid younger brother on the team too. And I, I actually, I wanted to do theater when I was uh, younger, but yeah, right. uh, what, what they did was they made me, they had like an agreement with the, um, with the team is like that they would take it easy on me. And that I could try out, you know, on the cross country team for a week. And if I hated it, um, you know, I could leave and he wouldn't, he would never bother me again about it. And we actually had this agreement. But then in class, he made, I mean, the, the, I had these upperclassmen that were really cool, like being super nice to me. And I felt like if I were to leave the team, I'd also give that up too. So yes. I just kind of st- st- stayed on the team. And just kind of when the, you know, when the trials for the play happened, um, you know, I just totally forgot about it. And I kept running until, you know, I got a scholarship to college. So I first went to a school in Philadelphia. It's called St. Joseph's. And then I, I transferred and ran at uh, Georgetown University. Yeah. And I ran the, um, the 5K um, and the 1500. And then... I kind of was like a little bit over running after that. And I totally, I mean, it was in nine years of very kind of hardcore running. Um, you know, I was like, I'm never running. I remember saying I'm never running again. <laughs> um, yep. I said that every, I was every time I do a race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You do>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, um, but then I, I was doing, I was doing consulting in Washington, DC. And I found out that the team had like a track team. And like they would fly, uh, you know, like the, the corporate team to like marathons across the country and compete against other teams. And I was like, oh, cool, free trip, you know. So I, I yeah. started running marathons to get free trips to places. Um, and meanwhile, I had some high school, so I had some teammates that, you know, were really into running. And this is kind of the first time I was exposed to people that, you know, weren't running because they had to, but they kind of like just they really liked it and I always found that really fascinating you know people that there's no coach telling you that you have to do something and they just like to run I found it it was so so interesting but I knew enough about you know training that I would actually use Jack Daniels formula and look up um I would look up like you know workouts and I'd try to figure out their threshold and interval pace and um I would create workouts just for my teammates and and uh, I moved to New York, and that's where I um, basically contacted uh, a college teammate of mine. His name is Brian Rossetti, and he, he actually is the original founder of, of what's called the Run Smart Project. And they were working with Jack Daniels, you know, creating kind of custom training for athletes. And, and um, I kind of had this idea that they should turn it, you know, into a platform, you know, and, and I kind of pitched it to him. He liked the idea. And so we, him and I would just kind of work at it, go to a coffee shop, uh, you know, 
in the mornings um and i would actually work restaurant jobs on the side it's more like that you know like the actors were, were you know working you know waiting tables i was yeah. doing tech consulting and waiting tables but yeah. you know it was, was kind of it was really early and so um yeah we developed a basically a platform for coaches and, and the idea was instead of you know that this company managing all of these um managing all these co- coaches why don't we develop a platform so that any coach could you know basically you know manage their athletes through this tool without our you know without us kind of being the um puppeteers i guess with the the coach athlete relationships so that's yeah. kind of how i got to to v dot and so yeah basically v dot is uh, um you know in partnership with jack daniels and what it attempts to do is just kind of facilitate uh, great communication between athletes and coaches. And a lot of the uh, system is built around Jack Daniels uh, VDOT system, which is basically an assessment profile. So if you're, um, you know, if you've run a race and say a 17 minute 5k, well, your VDOT is X. And then all of your training, you know, should kind of be centered around where you are today, not, not focused on, you know, where you're trying to go. But more, how do we, you know, stress, you know, a person's body so that the, um, so that, so that kind of reacts to stress in a certain way, so that you, you know, you, you improve over time. So that's kind yeah. of like just a little side note, something I think people kind of forget about, or they kind of they misuse V dot. They say, oh, I want to run a 17 minute 5k, so they look up the times to go run, you know, do like a, a five, you know, a threshold for 17. But if they're an 18 minute runner, you know, they should be doing, you know, the workouts for that. So, so we'll take be that. Yeah, there's no shortcuts, is there? <laughs> no, there's not. Yeah. So that's kind of like my, my history, kind of like to where I am, where I am now. That's, uh, really amazing. Um, so obviously you were quite, um, a decent runner if you were getting scholarships to colleges and getting flown around for marathons. Um, so back when in your, um, just backtrack a little. So you did the 1500 and the 5k. Was it in, in college? Um, yeah. What kind of, I mean, I don't usually like to, I'm, I am interested a little to find out what sort of times you were running, um, these sorts of, uh, distances, um, just to give people a perspective on, on the caliber, you know. Yeah, so in high school, um, I ran uh, at the Junior Nationals, or in the 5K, actually. Um, it's not a common uh, running event for high school kids, but they do, for the, for the juniors, they have the 1500 and 5K, not like what's traditionally in high school, which is the two-mile. And so yeah. I ran uh, I ran 1437 for the 5K um, as a junior. In high school? Oh. Yeah, in high school. Um, yeah. And I was, I was, you know, I was running, I mean, I took it very seriously. I mean, this was like... Yeah. Kind of not, it was, I was kind of training kind of for to go to college, right? It's like an opportunity to, you know, be able to go to a university. Um, and so that's kind of, that was basically my job to be honest. Yeah. Um, so, sorry, like just expanding on that. So you're running 14 and a half minutes for 5k as a junior. Um, what kind of, like, how many, how much training did you do? Like how many, what sort of mileage were you doing at that point in your early so, days? So when I started, I mean, I, I was running maybe 25 miles a week, you know? Um, like I remember, I mean, my coaches even joked about it as, you know, when I was older, like, man, like you and you, you're high, you're a freshman and you did like nothing. Like yeah. we took it, we took it so easy on you because we don't want you to quit. And yeah. so 
you know, and then, you know, within four years, right, I'm running 70, you know, uh, topping out at 70 miles a week. And I think that's the biggest, you know, problem that a lot of people have getting into running is they, you know, they, they have a friend that runs and they try to just do what they did. But if I think about my real introduction to running, I mean, I was doing very, you know, three miles, you know, on a day and then, you know, maybe taking the next day off and not really doing much, you know, and then because yeah. your body, your body adapts, I mean, really amazingly, as long as you, you know, stress it correctly and you don't overdo it. And I yeah. think I always try, I always try to remind myself of that when I'm say coaching somebody that's getting into running, you know, and, and just remember well, what was it like for me? You know, <laughs> I, I didn't run seven yeah. miles a week when I started. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big jump. Um, do you have any thoughts there, Ash? Do you want to jump in? Yeah, look, I think that um, just on that point, it's 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 protecting the the kids, and I say kids because they're in high school from mental burnout. Not physically, right. they don't get burnt out physically unless they get unless they get a you know a very acute injury, but which is pretty rare, really, for a kid to get an acute injury. Um, but yeah, it's that mental. You've got to. They're already overloaded with schooling, et cetera. So to keep them from uh, mentally burning out, I think, is really important. And right, um, right. no doubt, you did a lot of intensity in that twenty-five miles. I can't imagine it was an easy twenty-five. Right. Yeah. So we're doing workouts and and whatnot as yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So did you? Um. So the concept of easy running, because I know Jack Daniels and. Most coaches these days, especially when you're training for the marathon, there's easy running is such an important aspect of training. Did you, like, when did that sort of, uh, the, yeah. that penny, penny drop for you? Yeah, so um, I did, yeah, lots of easy. I mean, when you're, when you're first kind of getting in, it's even tough to really kind of really know how hard yeah. you're even running. Um, but my coach, his name is Rob Murray from, from Denver High School in Connecticut. He was like a, he was like a Jack Daniels, like, kind of devout. I think he's kind of made some modifications now, but like he was like by the book and like, you know, I remember getting, I never really got yelled at for going too slow. I'd only get like in trouble for like running too fast, which is kind of classic Jack Daniels, you know, yeah. like try to re- reduce the amount of stress, you know, to, um, you know, maximize, you know, what you, you know, your, your gains. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it's I was really doing a lot of easy running and it's all, you know, it's all groups. You know, it's like, you know, it's like the, these five kids are going to run together and then those six over there, right? So it's a lot of times just kind of running with the kids that are kind of in a similar um, fitness area that you are. Yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Um, no, that that's uh, really cool. And so you, um, when you went off to college and you obviously were running more at college and, um, and then, um, and so you, but you stuck around that, that sort of middle, we call it middle distance, I suppose, which I personally think is the most punishing, um, <laughs> punishing distance to run. You know, I get, right. I, I, I feel like I'm going to throw up if I'm going to run a 5k, you know, so, <laughs> and that's even before I've started. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. Uh, and well, we did cross country, which is 10k, you know, in the, in, for in college. Oh. Yeah. And then, um, but then I was, I, would, I did like the 1500 and the 5k, uh, right. in, in track. Yeah. And uh, then, Paul, uh, sorry, carry on. Uh, no, no, go, go ahead. No, no, I, 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 you go, I'm good. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah, so, um, you know, the, the training is would be relatively similar. I think the guys that would jump in a 10K or 5K is really just kind of like, what's the event, you know, that you're going to do? But the training, I would say, was pretty similar, even for the 1,500 guys. And actually, yeah. I would kind of do, do, do the 1,500 for my 5K. So I would do yeah. it, but it wasn't like my, my main, I guess, priority, I guess you'd say. Yeah. Um, would you, did you have like a particular workout that you hated the most, but got the most gains? Like if you can really think back or even now, like is there a, wor- a, a, a workout that you would be doing for 5k that, you know, gives you. So yeah, well there's, so there's one workout, uh, it's called the Michigan, which, uh, is very common with colleges. Uh, have you ever heard about this workout? I have no, a Michigan yes. workout. Oh, I haven't. It's have okay. like, yeah. go ahead. Yeah, go. So it's basically, um, it's a combination of basically interval pace and threshold pace. And yeah. basically your recovery is threshold. So you've done yeah. tempo runs, right? And you're, you're doing threshold. And in between that, so it's like maybe t- like uh, seven to 10 minutes of threshold. And then you do like, uh, like a, like 1600 at your interval pace or, or 1200 oh. at your interval pace and interval is fast i mean that's like 5k pace right and yeah. the threshold is kind of like you know maybe like half marathon pace so it's yeah. like and there's very almost like no rest and if you successfully get through it it's more of like a mental kind of gain you just feel tough you know what i mean yeah. like like there's no not feeling like you're a, you know a really tough person after doing something like that yeah. Um, and I, to, and I, I guess word got out. It was somebody published it on Runner's World, the the Michigan workout. Yeah, uh, and it's actually from like University of Michigan. Um, maybe maybe Ron Warhorse or maybe the the, the coach that uh, was before him. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, yeah, and, and since I've had even athletes ask me, like, hey, could I do the Michigan? <laughs> and I'm yeah. like, and I, I, did it, I did it with a bunch of guys. You know, it's like ten of us. I just can't yeah. imagine doing it by myself and being able to be successful. Maybe that's just because I'm a weak person and I need <laughs> people around me. But, um, but yeah, they, they love it. I had, a, I had an athlete do it. He really loved it. And he's like, yeah, give me more. Um, yeah. so I guess, I guess it is possible. It's, um, I have actually done, I mean, I've seen variations and I think I have seen that article on Runner's World that you're even referencing there. But I, yeah, I've, I've done it myself and I've done it with, um, people that I coach and um, yeah it's brutal and I've, there's very like doing sort of variations of it and, and things like that and right. it's probably one of the harder workouts so we have a workout here uh, there's a famous Australian runner called uh, Steve Monaghetti who we, I don't okay. know if you've heard he was um, back in the nine, sort of 80s and 90s he was sort of Australia's greatest marathon runner he was, um, he was ranked second best in the world at one point yeah, he was fantastic. Yeah, he was, he was, and for a few years, I mean, it's certainly on the national level, he was unbeatable. You know, he was, um, wow. and, and then, but, um, he, there's a workout that he developed and it was a fartlek. So it became known as the Mona fartlek, as in, cause his okay. nickname was, was Mona. And, um, yeah, and I've done that workout a lot. And that's, that's a really, basically, it's really short, um, interval, like, I wouldn't even call it interval, I'd call it like your fast rep pace. Um, you're starting out at 30 second intervals and, um, and you're, you're increasing, um, so, so basically it's, it's a one to one rest and, um, workout time. So, but it, the mm-hmm. work, 
So it's a bit like a pyramid. So basically you you do, I think you start off with the longer reps. I forget off the top of my head. I've programmed it into into my VDOT anyway. And so um, okay. it's it's a really complex workout, and it's, but it's another one. It only takes um, 20 minutes. It's a, a it equates because it's a time-based workout, and so it's a 20-minute workout, and in that time, you cover a lot of ground. <laughs> and it's the same kind of thing. You, wow. you um, the floats. You're not a lot of recovery in the floats. So uh, yeah, it, and that's that's something that is I find a lot of people find hard in speed work. And, and I guess it's another reason why I wanted to talk to you is because obviously most of the people that listen listen to this podcast are focused on running, like a lot of people are focused on running an ultra um, and obviously trail running, hence the name of the podcast. But um, there's certain commonalities between running fast track work and um, running an ultra. And I mean, people might go, oh, there's nothing. But I, 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 for one, think it's good to do those kinds of workouts, even if you're training for a longer distance. But it's just about the time and when, you know, like the timing as well. So, like, what are your right. thoughts on training? So, well, like, I mean, if you, for, yeah, go. So, uh, par, 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 sorry, starting more. to paralyze, yeah. sorry, the parallels between a marathon, marathon training to, say, a 5,000-meter training, and then, then then going up to ultra distances. Sorry, I keep interrupting. Right, right. Mm. No, no, no. So, well, I was going to say, first as a side, even those – track guys you know mo farah you know mm. galen rupp uh you got uh ben st lawrence is your 10k record holder that's okay. correct uh, like former. a, a yeah. lot yeah. oh he doesn't have it anymore okay no. I, yeah I, I love his story he's, he's got an incredible story i've actually told people about him before um yeah. but you know a lot of these guys they're, they're they're running a lot in the trails you know they do their they do their speed work on the track but you know they're, they're the track is where they kind of come out and, you know, maybe it's their, it's their stage, you know, time. But, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the miles are actually being put on in, in, in the trails anyway. So it's, it's just, it's just more fun. I mean, I, I spent most of my running in my life on tra- in trails, even though I'm a track competitor. You know what I mean? That's because, you know, you're running. It's just, it's a more enjoyable experience. I don't know if many runners would prefer to be on the road than, you know, in the trails. Um, and so, you know, that's just on the side. And you know, when it comes yeah. to training for, you know, say a really long distance or, um, you know, a, a track distance, you know, a lot of times what we try to do is not think, what do you, like, what what are the goals? So what's the difference? How would, how would training differ if it was instead of training for 100K, a 500K? You wouldn't yeah. go do double the miles, right? You'd get injured. Exactly. So, so what we do is we focus, well, who is who is the person today? And how are they going to improve? And what kind of stresses can we, you know, put on them? What types of variations of stress can make them a better runner? And whether they run a 100K or a marathon, it doesn't change what you can do to optimize your ability to to improve as a runner. Um, so that's, I mean, of course, training will be different. You know, you're going to need to stress your ability to, you know, maintain, you know, longer longer duration of running. But like I said, you still, I mean, even speed work would, you know, I'm talking like repeat 200s would improve a runner's economy, which then would make them more efficient over the course of 100K. Yeah. So, you know, it's still essential, you know, that you would, you would do these, you know, shorter, you know, um, 
types of workouts and also improving your VO2 max, right? So that that pace that you're running in that longer distance, it just you're you're just running faster at that seemingly, you know, what feels like the same kind of pace. Yeah. Um that's a really interesting point that you bring up. And like we've got Ashley here who is six days into a pretty big month, possibly, or at least a big week, um, having run how much you run in the last seven days he's run two hundred and what, Ashley? Two hundred and sixty eight. So tomorrow if everything comes together I'll be over three hundred K, so a couple hundred miles. Yeah. Um That's impressive. Yeah, but I guess so that I guess the other thing, Ash, like you're not just training your body, you're training your mind, aren't you? Oh yeah, and you you there's a lot of tricks that go on because like, to start the day and go, I'm going to run a marathon, you know, before breakfast, there's a lot of mental anguish initially. Yeah. yeah. Um, and you have to start to break it down and, you know, you just go, like, I'm just running 500 metres. I'm just running to the next tree. Oh, look at the right. corner up there. I'm running to the corner. Um, you know, and then... uh as we were saying just before about speed work, like it's all great to do, you know, the long kilometres that I'm doing now, but I can tell you that after I finish this block of longs, I'll be doing speed because it is that, like the the block of longs gives me the mental strength, et cetera, but without that, that economy, I won't be able to race well. And right. that economy comes from doing speed work. Absolutely. And speed work, hurt, I, it, speed work hurts way more than like what I did this morning. Um, yeah. it, yeah, and it wrecks me far worse. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, uh, it's about getting everything like, and that's why, like, you know, I've been using the V dot with, um, and that whole being able to plan out for a long period of time and actually being able to plan out, um, you know, a, a short cycle, a meso cycle, and a long cycle all on the plan to, to be able to peak at the right time of year for whatever you're aiming for. Um, it's a brilliant piece of software for doing that. Oh, yeah. well, thank you. Appreciate that. So do yeah. you use the, do you use the Garmin sync? Um, yeah. Have, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Since it's the only, uh, watch that we have that's compatible, but we've had, you know, uh, you know, we've had a lot of success with, you know, the kind of real time, um, pacing, you know, sync that it does. And, you know, it's, it's funny that the, it, I think it works well for, for people, especially if you're training on, on your own, but it's just weird for me because I was a, I was a Timex guy, you know, I didn't, we didn't have any GPS, you know, tracking when yeah. I was training, which I would, I kind of wish we did because I would have loved to be able to go back, you know, 15, 20 years ago and kind of see those runs and see if I could remember. You know, like if I could see, I mean, of course I have the memories, but like actually point to like, oh yeah, it was that day, you know, that person might maybe remember what they wore that day or something. You know, right now it's just kind of like all my running is just, you know, it's just like these, you know, me- memories that just kind of feel like a, a bit scattered. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah they have... do so much off effort, effort based, you know. And like right. the, da- the data you can record now with the ease that you can record it at and the real-time feedback that you can get, it's just phenomenal compared right. with... Yeah, I remember, it, like, my first foot pod, and it was... Um, geez, it was massive. It was, like, three fingers. 
and weighed a ton. And it was like, <laughs> I'm not sure I want to put this on my foot because I'm going to be running, you know, like I'm going to start veering to the left because right. it's, because that foot's going to be moving slower. Um, you know, and I run with a, um, a stride power meter all the time now. Okay. Um, and I do a lot of my workouts, uh, at least my analysis post, but also in real time, a lot of it on power, uh, instead of okay, heart yep. rate. And that's because I have tumors that, um, are in the nerves that control my heart. So my heart rate's a bit, let's just go, it's really dodgy. Um, okay. so yeah, so basically, um, yeah, I mean, those things are now tiny and they last for 30 hours and it's giving you real-time feedback of how much power you're outputting. It's, yeah, like to ha- if, yeah, if I, that technology existed years ago, I, I can only imagine that really two-hour marathon would have been broken yonks ago. Yeah. With the, okay. uh, with, with the tech, with, yeah, so um, I've actually talked to some coaches that use power, you know, to for, for their coaching. We have, we have one of the coaches on our network uh, he lives in mexico he actually um had coffee with him once and he was telling me how much he prefers like because i think it also showcased like if you're going up a hill or downhill like it it considers you know actually like even even your grade right yeah yeah it does uh, yeah, that's, so that's good yeah and i think that's where um v dot would be like it'd be useful with the v dot because obviously we should clarify v dot is perfect for people who are training for a flat race you know like um yeah the the um the yeah it doesn't consider hills so you know the workout you'd, you'd have to modify if you're going to run on you know trails or hills yeah yeah however so with my coaching like the most of the people that i coach are trail runners and so i just and i use the coach notes at the bottom of the workout just to sort of clarify sort of the effort level and i i really spend a lot of time getting people to um you know, consider their effort level and consider, you know, their rate of perceived exertion, you know, as opposed, you, I mean, and I think all this data is fantastic, but I think that it just serves best to inform you about yourself, you know, like, you, right. you want to, the data is amazing tool, but it can be an overload sometimes, and I know with other products that are out there, and it, I do, I've used, and I find them overwhelming the amount of data and I, I think sometimes people just want to know how fast to run and or how hard to push or not push and um, so yeah it's I think we do have to be careful that we don't um, overdo it with all the data you know oh and, uh, totally no I'm you know I'm, yeah. a, I'm a tech guy but you know how many times I have to have conversations you know about you know how tech can kind of be uh, it could be a buzzkill honestly sometimes you know, yeah. like it's good, but you know, you, you don't want to be become a runner where this machine is telling you, you know, what how you should feel. And there's oftentimes they're, you know, that it's a GPS. It's it's, got, it's telling them, you know, in real time, you know, performance condition changes. It's it's like sometimes you got to just enjoy the run, you know. And like I said, I'm I'm, yeah. a, I'm a tech guy. Um, yeah. And, and especially a race, you know, one thing that kind of messes up athletes sometimes is, you know, they have a certain time goal, right? I want to run a 2.59, you know, 32 uh, marathon, right? Just under, you know, three hours. And they start running yeah. and, you know, like they they're not, they don't hit it. Well, maybe, they, maybe your body is actually sick. You're not symptomatic yet. 
but your yeah. body's fighting something and you're out there trying to, you know, hit it right on the head. Instead yes. of having like a, like a solid 302, you run 325 because you blew yeah. up, you know, and you, you just, you tried to fight it too much. Yeah. So I think, I think we do kind of have to, you, 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 you have to listen to your body and learning how to listen to your body, I think, is really the, you know, the art of the sport, right? Absolutely. And, you know, it, it is science, too, but um, just kind of knowing yourself is really important. And you can't let technology kind of distract you from that. Mm, but it is useful, yeah. <laughs> it is but useful, that, for sure. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I mean, it's my business, right? Yeah. And I think um, you look at, like, I don't want to go, I don't want to go too far into talking about shoe controversy um, with all, <laughs> um, however I you could all, I mean we have humans have made so many advancements in running for the last hundred years you know you know from right. the type of track we run on to the type of shoes or spikes and then um, and then all these devices are a distinct advantage as well you know and and then we've you know they've really gotten better with nutrition and you know all these factors have improved, and then you know, I sometimes think how much of it. And then suddenly we've got people. They look at the shoe controversy because they can do a direct correlation between the shoes improving their performance. Like the, there's there's um those Nikes, you know. But it's harder to do a direct correlation between um you know the tech, the tech that you're using, and and the training performance, you know what I mean? Because it's more of a generalized um, improvement. You know, you, I don't know if that makes any sense. I, I think um, it's interesting that we have there's so much like um, everyone's up in arms over the whole Nike uh, vapor flies or whatever. But I, I personally think, I mean, I, I read somewhere once there was a man, the first man to run a race carrying a watch years ago. He was mm. carrying carrying one of those fob watches, you know, because no one had ever carried a watch in a race before, and he was because he was checking his lap times. I'll have to Google it, and the I think the way the story goes is when he won the race because he paced himself evenly on each lap. Mm. He um everyone cried, ah, oh, he's a cheat, he's cheating, you know, because he's using a watch, right. <laughs> you know. Now you yeah, wouldn't even yeah. think of that. So all these little tiny advantages that we've imp- made upon ourselves and I'm you know it's sort of yeah it it's just interesting I guess I don't really have any point other than that it's interesting <laughs> yeah no I mean te- technology has always been a part you know I'm, when they went from cinder tracks to you know these polyurethane and mondo rubberized track right a lot of the records all just disappeared you know because yeah. of that one advancement and yeah um you know the going from one shoe and then putting in spikes you know all the records disappear you know there's like this kind of level up I, I don't know. I, mean, I was with Jack Daniels. You, you guys both know Jack Daniels. I don't know. Right? Yes. Uh, I don't yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Um, so, um, and uh, he, somebody asked him, this is uh, this is our New York City Marathon weekend. And he goes, well, you want to stop, you know, debating it. So have everybody run naked and barefoot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, no, no ability to, you know, have any technology. That's oh, the way, I mean, it's Jack being funny, but. Um, Spectator yeah. numbers that go through the roof. <laughs> I'm not sure about that. Or, or, or the opposite. We're not sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, it's a good but, point, uh, though. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd be suspicious if any technology, um, you know, 
made somebody run faster than if they were barefoot. So yeah. the way I would look at it is, you know, give them a surface that doesn't, and you know, hurt the foot. You know, if they can run the same time barefoot, you know, then I think it's fine. That's my personal view on it. If they if they run faster because of the shoe, then you know you might reconsider it. You know, it's, it's kind of like technology. You know, yeah, but, uh, we had the same thing happen at the uh, Olympics. I, I can't remember if it was the eighties or the nineties, but Australia developed a bike that was fifteen um, percent more efficient than any other bike okay. ever built, and um, it just blitzed everybody on the track. And right. then the world governing body went, right, we're banning that technology. And ever since mm-hmm. then, your bikes only come in triangles. They don't yeah. come as monocoques anymore. So. Oh, wow. And, and that's why they ban them, because they could, they can make a monocoque stiffer, so you can get better, you know, power to the ground. Um, and it's the same with shoes. I'm sure that, you know, we could put springs on shoes and make them go faster. It's just yeah. a matter of, uh, hang on a second. What are we? What What's the aim here? And it's the same with the you know the swimming um, suits. It's like what's the aim? Because that's just going to become a people yeah. are going to develop faster and faster suits. Uh, the, uh, the interesting thing that's just come out uh, recently is goggles with head-up display that tells you you know your stroke rate, your really? pacing, yeah. And so it's mm, it's got a head-up display right in front of your eyes. Um, <laughs> You can see all everything that's happening. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. Uh, but see, like, that's informing someone. But is it, I mean, so is in, it's giving them information, real-time information. Is it, do, do you call that cheating or do you just call that really useful? I don't know, like, yeah. Anyway, it's, it's another incremental improvement. It's a pretty big incremental improvement. But, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm in the camp that basically shoes are not, the shoes are not, like, the big thing. It's not the, you know, I'm more worried about performance enhancing drugs and stuff like that, that, you know, uh, but I think, um, yeah, it's, in, it's, fa- it's fascinating. So, you, I mean, we could talk about, you could argue about it all day and you still never come up with it, with an answer. And, right. you know, yeah. I mean, the num- I've been on a lot of Facebook, um, groups that, where there's some pretty heated discussion about it all. And it, I mean, you know, I'm not going to put on a pair of Nike vapor flies. And run a run a oh for me a sub three hour marathon would be phenomenal because I'm not you know not that fast but like I guess that's kind of fast but like um I don't think I'm going to do it with I'm not going to take an hour off my time on the vapor in by putting the vapor flies on you know I might whereas um, I'm going to worry about the 99 percent of my improvements that I can control right, right. such as yeah. improving my training improving my nutrition um, improving my recovery. And um, I guess that's what that's the pe- the thing that people want to they want to find the shortcut, you know, and find the quickest way. And um, so yeah, yeah, we we want to hack. I mean, yeah, oftentimes you probably get it too. You know, questions like there's the latest article that you know the yeah uh, Wall Street Journal is always doing these published and people yeah. Then I, I get the text. You know, should I be doing this too? You know, should I be, you know, eating salt tabs, you know, at yeah. three hours? I'm like, how much do you drink water? Do you, yeah. do you hydrate? No, not yeah. really. Well, why don't we start there? You know, yeah. <laughs> drinking water and then we'll figure out how we can take, you know, the extra second stuff, but you're not even doing the bare minimum, you know, yes. just normal, 
you know, just life. <laughs> Nailed you know? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You you believe that too, don't you, Ashley? You've always. Oh doing... yeah. Look, I, yeah. I used to work in the bike industry, and um, it was always funny. You had your weight wieners, as we referred to them, and they'd come in and they'd buy a stem that was, you know, a half a gram lighter, and it would cost them a thousand dollars, and it was great <laughs> for business. And you think, do you know that if you just went to the toilet, you would have saved like three ounces? So... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, you know. but it's, it, these things are these things are, are marketable, right? And that's correct. Why we're thinking about them, and we're not. No one's marketing water unless you can buy it in a plastic, you know, container. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, it's as easy as getting up to your sink and you know just pouring it. So, yeah, that's that's the thing. Um, like I said, it's not as sexy and glamorous, but you know, yeah. you gotta you gotta focus on the the actual crucial elements before you want to start figuring out. And that's that's the debate, right? It's like these guys that are all doing everything. You know, getting the right sleep, that's a common thing that I'm, you know, talking to, especially these New York City, you know, bar lovers, which I, you know, I, I enjoy them too, but, you know, like, are, are you getting four hours of sleep before, you know, you, you do your long run on a Saturday morning because you went out on a Friday night, you know? Yeah. And it's like a young professional that's, you know, single trying to meet somebody, and I get it, but, you know, don't, don't don't think that that's going to be something that you can just not do you know what i mean yeah it will catch up with you at some point if you it's and that's this it's one of those things too that i find uh interesting with with coaching and um i i don't know i haven't had a deep enough look into v dot is recovery is actually mm. you know everyone programs running you know like i'm right. a running coach i'm gonna program running for you but in many ways, the first thing to look at is, okay, let's look at your life. Now, the first thing I need to program for you is rest. And right. then the second thing I need to program for you is the the training that utilizes the rest. Because it is during rest that we build. Right. And right. it is during training that we fatigue. Something so good. if you're not getting the rest, then, you know, um, that's, yeah. It's the stress fatigue balance that you're aiming for. You know, yeah, you want it. exactly. Yeah. Or stress adaptation, I should say. Um, yeah, we had a, a, sorry, you go. I was, well, I was going to say, no, I think, I, I think it's kind of, uh, kind of a different point, but, uh, basically, you know, I remember when I was, um, in college, we had some, some, some kids that, you know, got professional contracts, right? We had, I had a, I had a teammate, you know, that ran like a 350 mile. You know, Oof, far out. out. And, yeah. um, I remember, you know, we, a lot of the guys be going to get their, you know, get, get, you know, go eat after practice. And he'd be sitting there, you know, doing all these stretches, all these little things for another hour, you know, after, you yeah. know, practice, making sure he didn't get injured. You know, it's like these little things that no one's selling, you know, there's no toy. It just takes, some diligence and time and a lot of times like i said it's not always fun i mean people like i i always love going out for i could always just go for a run cool but like get me in the training room or like lifting weights i'm like i would rather run for an hour and a half than go lift for 20 minutes you know but it's that that type of stuff like the little things so sorry if i kind of moved off to the wrong you know direction no i agree with you totally it is it is about, it's, it's everything. It's, and, and, and running is a, and regardless, 
of what distance you're running, like, it, even if you're a sprinter, I would imagine, there's a, you're not going to go make huge gains. Like, those sprinters make tiny incremental improvements over a, a long period of time to get faster, you know, and um, they might have some sweet patches where they get, they, they get a big PB, like, as we all sort of do, but, um, or PR, as you guys say, but um, right, right. we, we um, you know, it's a game of, I, I, it's a game of patience. Running, you have right. to be very, you have to be quite patient and consistent. And the majority of your running is not going to look sexy. But, you know, it's just going to be you're getting, you're just getting shit done. So how yeah. I say, yeah. But um, yeah, that's right. It's a massive, uh, yeah. I was gonna something. I just wanted to, a bit of a deviation here, and because something that I emailed you about, and I thought I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. And um, that is, um, clarifying sort of the differences between some of the paces. I mean, V dot really describes, you know, you run easy pace and uh, marathon pace, threshold pace, um, uh, and interval pace and so on. Um, So maybe, um, and because I I, um, also, you hear people throw around the term tempo, a a tempo, Mm -hmm. you know, and so maybe if we could just go into sort of how how you would define some of those um, paces for people because I, I I like to get a bit of education here here and there, and to see that we're all on the same page. Absolutely. Um, so tempo, I'll just tell you, is threshold. That's just like their equivalent um, terms in my in my book. You may have a coach has a different view, but so kind of going through the different paces. Right, easy is the, you know by and large most of your running, um, and the, the the crucial the reason why easy running is so crucial is it's the one pace that actually has kind of two really major benefits. Um, one is that it does, you know, improve, you know, your fitness, but it also is, you're also resting. So it's like, it's like almost like, you know, bonus points, bonus round, I guess, you know, where you get one stress of fitness, but you can also recover as well. It's a, you know, it's, it's recovery pace, some, some coaches call it. Yeah. So that's why easy is kind of riddled with, you know, a lot of, and even professionals, I mean, most of the running is, is super, you know, from what they would say is easy. It would be easy for me right now, you know, because yeah. they're easy paces, you know, uh, I don't know, like three thirty per kilometer or what have you. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, so that's like the first kind of stress. And this is all, I'm going to pseudo kind of butcher probably Jack Daniels way of describing these different paces, but threshold is the next kind of uh, a pace at which there is a different type of, you know, stress on your body. So most people that run, run in between these paces. So, so they, they're not recovering completely, but they're not running at a pace at which their body is accumulating and clearing out lactic acid. So, you yeah. know, like if you, have, if you, if, especially people that just get into running, what they do is they like, I want to feel like I'm running hard, right? So they're running hard, but not hard enough for their body to solicit that kind of um, anaerobic threshold pace. And so they don't always see lots, lots of gains, you know, when they, when they kind of train that way. Um, with that, it, it, when you're in college, you get a uh, award. It's called the practice champ um, yes. when you run at that pace. And so what that means is instead of waiting till race day where you can yeah. really kind of shine, you want to beat up your teammates uh, when they're trying to recover. So yeah. it's a very bad term to have. 
that'd be the, that'd be the Strava champion, wouldn't it? These yes. days. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yes. So exactly. Ego. Uh, ego. Yeah. That's right. Ego just yeah. like all over the place. Yeah. So uh, we try to avoid anywhere. We try to avoid those paces in between there when we're trying to improve. Now I always ask people that you know running, like, well, what do you want? What are you getting out of this? You just want to feel like a tough guy, you know, and go run hard. Then go do that. If you're trying to improve, then avoid the pace. So I don't assume that you know if they, you know that that they 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 do want to improve. So so we we get that out of the way first. And so yeah. threshold is that pace at which you know your body is um is is accumulating and and clearing out lactic acid at the same rate. Yep. And and when you the, the next pace is interval, and that's at when when you run interval pace. You basically, you know, your body kind of fills up with that lactic acid and you can hold yeah. that for a few minutes. You're above um, threshold, so, yeah. Yeah, you're above threshold, right? Yeah. And that's where, you know, it's really uncomfortable. And you mentioned earlier about running a 5K and, and how it's a disaster. One of the reasons why the 5K is so uncomfortable is it's because you have to spend quite a lot of time at that kind of uncomfortable you know, yeah. space where your body is kind of filled up with lactic acid. Yes. Um, so I agree with you. I don't know why I like the 5K. Maybe it's like punishing myself, but that's, uh. you know, that was the pace. Because, um, you, yeah, you got to – if you want to be successful, if you want to have a good race, then you're going to have that feeling. <laughs> you know, yeah. otherwise you're just, you're just not – hopefully towards the end and not, you know, after the after the first mile or first kilometer. Um, yeah, yeah. Then, then that's a recipe for disaster. So then – the next pace after that would be repetition. This kind of goes back to what Ashley was talking about was, you know, yeah. is, is efficiency. Um, and so that's how you, how you improve your running economy. And that, the way I explain it to, you know, say somebody in New York that's new to running and say, you know, have you ever like, you know, hung out in the, you know, West Side Highway? These nice, beautiful parks along the Hudson. And, you know, there's always people running. And I say, do you ever notice how, some people, they look like beautiful runners, and some kind of don't. Like, you know, like their arms are kind of going all over the place. And yeah. And you look at like a, a Kenyan in the marathon. And, you know, it just, it just looks like effortless. You know, they're just kind of gliding, um, you know, across the road. And it's because, you know, professional runners, they do a lot of speed work. So that's how they kind of run. They improve their running economy and develop that really nice kind of beautiful stride. And so exactly. and that's really the way that's the way that's the way you get it. And so if you do other paces, so if you do like half marathon pace workout or marathon pace, that's more than anything to just kind of get used to that pace. Yeah. But there's not like a difference in stress. Not. Um, even though maybe that's probably like the marathon pace is probably what a lot of people that, you know, aren't really focused on improving and kind of just like to work hard. They're probably mostly running like their marathon pace. Yeah. Um, so how do people, so when you're running, so here's the thing. So a lot of people go, I don't know how fast to actually pace my marathon. So, mm -hmm. and, um, I mean, and that's why, I mean, in the VDOT, there's a marathon pace is, um, is given to you, you know, but like, how do we know that that's a good pace for people to run at, you know? So, yeah, so you know, because you're going to be training above it or below it most of the time. Right, right. So, um. Yeah, this is this can be tricky, you know, especially if I like, you know, start working with an athlete and like, I, I want to run, you know, three twenty nine, you know, that's 
that's the that's the time goal, and I have to do a yeah. calculation, you know, whether I feel like that's attainable. Um, and you know, usually what happens with that if it's like a newer runner that's in and out flipping in the miles like Ashley, you know, yeah. they're probably running like twenty thirty twenty thirty miles a week. But they it's really common these days for runners, you know, to run twenty thirty miles a week, but want to do a marathon. And it's, I would say, not standard mileage preparation, but people do yeah. it all the time. And I, and I'll even coach people to do it. But usually what I do is I train them at a, at a faster V dot, like, than they would run. So, you yeah. know, I, I use like a, 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 a mile assessment or a 5k and they train at that V dot. And then I kind of have to do an adjustment and kind of slow their expected marathon time down because they don't have sufficient amount of mileage to sustain that pace for, yeah. um, you know, for the marathon. There's more yeah. risk involved in injury too, you would imagine. Yeah. Uh, it's, just, it's, more, mar- it's more risk that they're going to blow up at 27K or yeah, yeah, exactly. 17, 18 mile mark. They blow up so bad that it's like they're either pulling out or they're walking. Yeah, yeah. totally. And, and, and they've been training, you know, hard. I mean, they're doing like threshold and, you know, they're doing um, even, you know, marathon pace. And, you know, so so they, they that first 10K just feels so slow. And they're like, there must be something wrong. Like, I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm going to have a great race. I think coach, you know, told me to run too slow. And they're feeling good for, yeah, like, yeah. You, said, like you know, 25K. And all of a sudden, I remember, I, I mean, this happened to me even. I've done it. You know, I've, I didn't train for a marathon once. And I just kind of popped in there and. I remember, like, I, the first time I was like, oh, man, Austin, T- Texas. Of course they'd mess up the, the mile marks. You know, I I thought they screwed up, but it was me. It was me running slower and slower and not realizing it at first. Uh-huh. You know, like, like I, I was convinced that they messed up the mile markers um, when I first, you know, started to kind of have that, you know, that, that we fall apart in a marathon. And then yeah. all of a sudden it starts to get painful. And then you really kind of fall apart, start having to walk. It's a whole thing. Um, I'm sure you probably have friends that have kind of experienced it. Um, I think I think you, everyone who attempts a marathon experiences that once at least. Yeah. 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 And then try to avoid it at all costs. Yeah. Ahead. Pretty much. I remember running um, my first marathon. It was the Sydney Marathon, and I was running with the um, the the uh, pacemaker, and he was okay. I think there was a large group, and it was the three the three fifteen pacemaker, which evidently was too fast for me. But I was running, and like the first 20 k's, really comfortable. And I was talking to the guy, and um, you know, I was feeling pretty cocky that I was going to start pushing harder and go beyond and and try and chase down the, the three hour pacemaker. And um, mm. but, and then, but I got to about 25 k, and it was it was just a very flat section of the course, and. I was like, oh, why is the pacemaker speeding up? What is it? This is stupid. And, and, and then I, I was, I was falling, I was getting to the back of the group and I was like, hang on a minute. They're not, he's not speeding up. <laughs> My legs are turning, <laughs> turning to concrete and I'm slowing down. And, uh, so yeah. And then he slowly disappeared out of sight. And then, um, uh, you know, then it became a real battle for the next 15 Ks or so. And then, and then, uh, then it became a real battle. Uh, even more so towards the end, because then with about a kilometre to go, the 3.30 pacemaker ran past me and he tried to, he's like, come on, run with us. And I just had nothing left in the legs. So it was a, <laughs> a classic, I tried and tried. And I mean, I was, I think it was like a 3.32. 
Um, but it was a real classic example of, you know, think me thinking I had it all in me, you know, like I could just go, go, go. But, yeah, I didn't really know. What, <laughs> I mean, it wasn't a terrible first attempt, but, you know, at the same time, it's a mistake that I think has been made by millions of marathon runners. Oh, you got, you got to. It's, it's like a badge of honor in a way. I mean, I like, yeah. I, I kind of say, I'm like, I say, I say to runners I say, that are doing the first time, I say, at the end of every marathon, there's carnage, total carnage. Do you want to be a part of the carnage or do you want to just be running past the carnage? Those are your options. If you run slow enough, you can run past. And then, I mean, I've been part of the carnage, so I can speak on it. I mean, walking, you know, no, nobody there wants to walk. They're walking because they don't have a choice. Exactly. If you've been a part of that carnage and people are screaming like, you can do it. It's like, <laughs> no, I tried. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, because you're not even, you, when, when you're like, you're not even thinking about your time. You just want it to be over. You're just like, this needs to just be done. And I don't even yeah. care. I just give me a taxi. You know, that feeling, it's, it's horrible. So try yes. to avoid that at all costs, yeah. We um yeah. we all like to think that we're going to look like Elliot Kipchoge um, sprinting down the straight, you know, looking looking with, with more and more vigour as we get to the end. And occasionally you have those moments where you get the adrenaline rush and you can sprint the last 100 metres, but it's not it's it's never as pretty as you think it is, you know. So, really? um, yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, that's a, such a so insightful and there's a really good breakdown of all the um the paces as well. I think uh, we, you know, it, it's. I always like to clarify that with people also, and because it's such an important thing, knowing how fast you're running, you know, and uh, so yeah. Um, what was I going to say? We're I'm we're almost out of time. I have to. Um, to move uh i've got many other things to do today and i've I, I am aware how it's what time is it where you are now we're getting later and um but yeah so i don't know ash did you have any more questions for andre before we wrap this one up no well i just wanted you to um summarize like for the the listener what v dot is and how it might be useful to them yeah, uh, so effect, effectively giving yourself a plug, but um, absolutely. Just explain what it, you know, like is it only a, a coaching tool, or is it a consumer tool, or is it a coaching and consumer tool? Um, yeah, just explain how it because it's a brilliant tool, uh, having used it. Um, but yeah, just explain it for the listener for us. Yeah, so working uh, so a little about about the history of VDOT. VDOT was developed by Jack Daniels, and uh, basically he worked with uh, like a one of his athletes named uh, Jimmy Gilbert. And what they did was they used to test athletes uh, back in like the seven maybe sixties seventies. You know, the, this guy Jack Daniels was the, developing a reputation for his research uh, altitude training, and back you know back in the day like a lot of these runners they actually were really interested in like the science of the sport they would volunteer to go meet with jack and get tested so they can find out their vo2 max um and so which i guess still happens today with a lot of you know professional athletes but you know they like i said they were part they're almost part of the they, they were the they were the sub test subjects but also the researchers too um yeah. which uh which is kind of fascinating and so after testing all these athletes he then kind of started testing, you know, slower runners as well. And so over time, what he and, you know, what we eventually started doing was develop 
basically a scalable VDOT, so it doesn't matter what you run. We can basically get a pseudo VO2 max score with a recent race result. And recent race result is the ideal kind of assessment tool, um, you know, of your, of your fitness. And so, yeah, even, even if you don't have a coach, you can go in, you know, there's a free calculator that, that we post, um, on the Run Smart Project, uh, site that you can just put in your, you know, you put in your time, um, and it'll tell you your threshold, interval, easy paces. Um, and you can, you know, create your own workouts, you know, what have you. It's surprisingly um, accurate too. People were just always, a lot of my athletes are blown away, especially ones that are training for road events. They'll usually finish within a minute of whatever the predicted V dot time is, you know, wow. and it, it, it blows them away, you know. Yeah, so sometimes we, I see on the message board, sometimes people are like, oh, V dot's not accurate. You know, it said I was going to run this pace for my marathon. You know, I ran this 5K. And, you know, I, I, I ran 20 minutes slower and we try to say over and over again, it's not a race predictor. It's a yeah. assessment equivalent. So someone, maybe Ashley, you know, you might be one of the cases where your marathon Vita is higher than a 5k, right? Because of the amount of mileage that you do. Yeah. So, you know, for, for the lower mileage people, you know, their 1500 is going to be their, you know, their mile is going to be way faster than their marathon because they're only running 20 miles a week. So that's the, that's the kind of thing with VDOT is, you know, it, it, it is a VDOT. It's a, it's an equivalent performance, you know? So it's like, if you did the appropriate amount of mileage, you should be able, you're capable, you've got the talent to obtain that kind of marathon time. You know, you, like I said, you've got that talent enough, but you have to develop it too. So that's it's kind of like the one caveat with with B dot. Yeah, interesting. Um, no, it's and it, it is and yet like I find the longer I work with someone on B dot, the more accurate they're um, because I do I'll fiddle with the score and make sure that they're training at the the best possible paces. Um, right, right. Yeah, because often I mean I know I say to people like be honest about the uh, when you first sign up, be honest about your times. Don't. Don't right. try and fudge it and make and give yourself a bit of a, you know, an embellishment. Like, yeah, and because I've had some people, they just oh, but the training pace, the easy pace seems too slow for me, and I'm like, that's the whole point. The easy yeah. pace is meant to be easy. So like, yeah, yeah. So take a little. After they after they do like a, after they start doing like real workouts, then they yeah. start to really appreciate that easy pace. Um, yeah, but until until they do, you know, they're they're it's it's like you know it just feels like oh I'm I'm better than this you're you're holding me back. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, the V dot we try. I, I don't I don't really like look at times right. I try to always understand the uh you know runner's current V dot. Yeah. But I create workouts and I don't even oftentimes know the time. I just know the duration, and the effort. And you know as long as their V dot is accurate, you know it should take care of itself. I mean once. I was coach, I coached uh, a German guy and I was, you know, I've been coaching him for years and he was visiting New York and we went and did a workout together. And I, I hadn't, I wasn't really running, but like, I like didn't even realize that he was way faster than me at that point because I hadn't <laughs> been putting in his times. I, I couldn't even keep up. And I realized in the middle that like, oh, he's way, he's way better than me. I'm like, I, I so I had to go rent a bike <laughs> and keep going with him because it was just very awkward. That is like opportunity for us to go, you know, to meet. Um, yeah. 
and uh, and I, I like I said, didn't even know <laughs> didn't even know how fast he was the way. Created so, a monster. <laughs> created a monster. Yeah. Yeah, um, that's fantastic. So, are you running? Are you in training yourself at the moment, or are you? Uh... I'm starting to get back in running. I signed up for a half marathon, the the Brooklyn half marathon, and I started my own plan. I've in seven years of working, Vida, I've never made my own plan for myself and did it. Oh. And this is my first time, and it started on Sunday. So oh, for the, the first time in my life, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna really use my own product. So well, there you I'm go. Now that, see, now that would be an interesting blog to follow, is yeah. <laughs> because I, it would be a, a coach's a coach's approach to coaching themselves. Right. Uh, yeah. 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 Are you honest with yourself? Would be the first question. And we're yeah. not. I mean, oftentimes that's why you know I, I got into running in the first place. I just you know like to distract myself and find the excuses to you know occupy my time. And so I, you know, always had a coach to kind of make sure I was always on, you know, on on the same page with. And now it's it's yeah. all up to me. I might, or yeah. I might get a coach. It's it's really good. I've been using it since. I mean, I, I was my first client when I signed up for V dot. I um, oh, I wrote. Oh, my, great. Yeah, and I thought, well, I've got to be a little bit of a guinea pig, and um, right. And now that I've gotten into it, it's become a really, um, like it helps to keep me accountable because I mean, I'm not in a position to get my own coach. And so I just basically try and practice what I preach with my clients and then look at myself objectively um, as much as possible and um, and go, okay, what should I really be doing? Instead of I'm not out to seek seek glory and and um, but I just want to run it on like do some honest training. So um, it, yeah, and I it has helped keep me a lot more accountable. I have it synced to my Garmin, so I can just go click the button on my Garmin and it says today's workout. And I'll just hit go, and um, you know, start do workout, and then and I just go with it most of the, you know. And I mean, I don't hit every single training run because I have three small children, and sometimes life gets in the way. But it has right, kept right. me a lot. It's kept me really consistent over, especially the last few months. Um, and consistency is um, is king in my book, and it's really yeah. So I'm feeling very fit and fast, and fast over shorter distances as well, like. And um and longer distances, so I I'm, I'm gonna I'll I'll keep using it. And so anyway, that's Great. that's well, my that. yeah. No, I'm gonna keep doing myself, and yeah, getting getting more creative with my workouts as well. So it's fun. Yeah. All right. So, cool. All right. We'll we'll um we might uh, end the podcast just there, and uh, I'll keep you on the line for a moment, Andre. Um, okay. And but but yeah, but um so thank you for joining us, and I, I guess if people want to reach out. To you or to V dot, how can they um, where, where can they yeah, find? Yeah, so they you? can always they they can always send us an email. It's uh, info at v dot dot com. Um, you know they can download the app. It's put it's in the app uh, Android and iOS store. Um, you know it's free to use as a as an athlete. Um, and then if there's coaches that you know want to try it, as, you know they can sign up for like a thirty day free trial. I always recommend you know actually use it. You know have a, a guinea pig. Make sure the feedback you know comes back with what you you know what you're looking for. Um, and then, you know, you, you know, go ahead and, uh, continue being a, uh, VDOT coach if it works for, you know, your, your, your team or the athletes you're coaching. Excellent. All right. I'm then. just going to, I'm just going to add to that. The V dot O2 is DOT, not the, not a dot. That's, that's right. It's DOT. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. That's right. And, um, yeah. And I guess people, um, and if people don't know who Jack Daniels is, just Google some um, 
or go onto YouTube and look up some of his um, Jack Daniels training talks, and it's um yeah, I recorded I, I recorded a bunch of videos, all all those threshold interval easy ah, things I mentioned. Yeah, so um, that's you. Did you you're holding the camera? Me, yeah, that's that's my that's my video. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I've watched those. My most yeah. popular one, yeah, actually, a lot of people are you know have seen it. So yeah, yeah. if you want to like, there's a lot. It's not just about uh, training, you know, it's about kind of you know just you know run, running in general and yeah. to consider um there's a lot of great videos so yeah yeah now they're fantastic yeah the yeah. other thing is andre you'll have to jump on and uh, join our coaches roundtable oh, oh yes I'd, I'd be delighted, on facebook yeah. yes okay we uh, so we do it we have an episode every month and it and may end okay. up being more and we answer common running questions mostly to do with ultra distance but it could be anything so um okay yeah so yeah for sure all right. It's a good right. way to connect and really glad, really great talking to you. And um, we'll say farewell to the listeners right here. All right.